Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 29 of Amateur Hour. 29, Shreyas, we are getting up there. I thought about this the other day. This yeah. podcast is over six months old. It's it's a almost a full-grown baby. Like we're, it's we're almost gonna... a full... At what point does it become a full-grown baby? A year? I think, yeah, well, yeah, I think, you know how, like, when you have a baby and they can't stop saying the month until it's two years old? Yeah. Like. He's 36 months. You're like, what? You're, like, doing the math in your head. You're, like, yeah, you're, like, <laughs> you're the meme with the lady and the, the calculus in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I've never, I never really thought about, like, how old is a baby when it's, like, too old? Like, I don't know. What do you, what? Say that again. What? <laughs> how, how old is a baby when it's too old? Um, probably when it's like 14. Maybe like when it starts to like pick up an attitude, you're like, okay, you're too old. I'm going to send you back. <laughs> yeah, those, teen, those teenage babies get, they get cantankerous and rambunctious. Yeah, they, they get, they do get cantankerous. Great word. That's a cantankerous. That's a good, isn't that a good That's word? a word of the week. That's a word of the week, folks. Cantankerous. All right. That's yeah, they do. Cool. I mean, just like a dog, you know, Trace, have you ever had a dog? I have not had a dog. I've always wanted to have a dog, but okay, I've well, never been able to have a dog. I was in the same boat as you and uh, me and my family, you know, recently got a dog uh, and his name is Moby. And I was so excited and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to we're going to take care of it all the time. And it's not going to be that much work and it's going to be you know, oh, pretty you easy. Oh, there's no way no, you went into that. it thinking that. You oh, said I did. that. Oh, I did. You I was went, a fool. You I was a fool. The, it's not. It's not a yeah. Tamagotchi. No, I thought it was. I thought I thought I thought it was gonna be just like uh yeah, I thought it was gonna be like Tamagotchi. I thought it was gonna be that like DS game. Nintendo. Nintendo. I thought it was gonna be like Nintendo. You you know you know if, like I've I've seen videos of people playing Nintendo dogs like ten years later or whatever, and they open up the yeah. DS and the dog is still there. It just says it's hungry. It's been hungry. Oh <laughs> the dog is still there, like rolling around and like it's happy to see you when you when it wakes up. But I, that dog's kind of fake. If somebody <laughs> let me like if my sole provider of food left me dry dry and hanging for 14 years, I'd be a little PO'd. You'd be you wouldn't be there, dude. <laughs> I'd probably be dead. <laughs> but my ghost <laughs> would be upset. <laughs> and if there was a way to communicate through the spectral astral verse. I would do so, and I would make it clear that I'm very upset. I'm angry. And I'd probably be a little petty. <laughs> so, so you, so your, so your family went in, or you went in? I went. No, my, oh, my parent, my parents told me they're like, they're like, you're dumb. You're actually you're dumb. dumb because this is. They're like, we've both had dogs in our childhood. They're a lot of work. They get into a lot of trouble. And I was like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Turns out it's not fine. Well, what Turns dog? Out did you, dogs what dog are did you guys pain pick? in the butt. So we picked a uh, he's a he's a sheepadoodle. He's a half sheepdog, half poodle. I love no the way. death. Oh, interesting. I like him now better as a dog than a puppy. That's kind of a hot take. People don't agree with me on that one. But okay. I like him better as a dog than a puppy. There's less biting. Mm. He's like learned, you know, some responsibility. Like he's learned a couple tricks. <laughs> he's done the chores. Him, he's done his chores. <laughs> he cleans up. He actually, when he poops, he just takes a shovel and scoops it and then puts it in a little <laughs> landfill that we have for him. <laughs> No, anyway, anyway, sorry. My point being is that d dogs are a lot. 
Yeah. And I was a fool to think that they were not. It's it's a lot. Well, my my question is when when you first when you first got the dog and you it was a pu- how old was the puppy when you first got it? Oh, uh, well, how long? How young is it when you can get a puppy? Like two months, two I three th- months? I think it's gotta. I think it's gotta be at at least eight weeks, right? Like, isn't that roughly seven or eight weeks? Yeah. 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 Okay. It was around then. Yeah. So. Was it like was your dog very hyper? Was Moby very hyper as a puppy, or was is that? No, I mean, I mean, was, I, I wouldn't say he was like overly. You know, he had his times. Obviously, his crepuscular hours. Did you know that's mm. a word? Crepuscular. Did not. What well, can you explain? Crepuscular yeah. means to be active uh, during the uh, mornings and the evenings. So basically, at dawn and dusk, if you are active during that time, you are crepusking. You are crepuscular. That's so. That's that's funny. a good. Wow, two good words in one. Uh, two, we we, we yeah. might have we might have peaked. This is actually the Oxford Amateur Dictionary <laughs> podcast where we discuss literacy and the like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting a dog, just beware because it's a lot. Right. Yeah. I just – there's some where, like, the, the puppy demeanor is very – like, kind of – it's kind of, you know, mellow and, like – you know what I mean? Like, it's not like all like, you know, on you. And then like, sometimes yes. there can be yes. very shy in social situations. They don't like a lot of people around them and stuff. But then there's right. others that I've seen where like, especially when you're outside, <laughs> and they're walking, like every person, they're jumping at them and they want to, you know, uh-huh. climb on the legs. And stuff. I feel like that is like, a lot that would give me anxiety sometimes if there's like so much where you get tired trying to take it like the dog should get tired before you do. I feel oh like. yeah well the most embarrassing thing that has happened so far is when he gets out and like we've a couple times we're like okay moby we're gonna trust you we're gonna put your leash down mm-hmm. like you're just stay in the yard you'll just hang out we're watching you it'll be no big deal yeah. you literally turn your back for a second and he's gone he just sprints across he goes like way down the street to the neighbor's house there have been multiple times where i've literally broken into a dead sprint to chase after him the oh neighbors will gosh. like catch him i go over I, and it, the worst thing is i go I'm, I'm i'm so sorry like you can't keep making excuses for your dog because right. really it's on me it's on me right. for like being like oh i can let him down no he's well, always got to be tied up well do you guys have the the electric fence like the invisible fence no because you know how expensive that is oh they're they're they that bad is it based Insane. is it based on like square footage and stuff is it's based off of how big your fence is Trace, even regular fences my yeah. parents put in my, my parents at their house put in uh, literally like 10 feet of fence. It was like 4K. That's <laughs> 10 feet of fence. That's <laughs> <laughs> canceled. We're canceling fences 2021. You might as well, you might as well just put a, you might as well just put a basketball hoop like sideways and call it a 10 foot fence. <laughs> you'd, yeah. sa- you'd save like 3.8K. <laughs> literally 10, 10. Yeah. Sorry. No, literally insane. I mean, we've talked about before with our good friend, Joe Sorala, we talked about how expensive furniture is, but fencing, dude, anything in the yard, God, man, those fence erectors, they must get a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. The thing too, is though, I think we talked about this before, like the supply chain for so many things is totally screwed after COVID. Mm. So one of the things that's primarily affected is like building materials. You know, and if you know anybody in landscaping, they're uh-huh. having such a tough time getting stones, plywood, you know, gra- right. even things like gravel wood. and wood chips. That's yeah. what I that's what I heard during during the pandemic. Wood was at uh, was like at a premium. 
mm-hmm. during during COVID. And that was crazy. I was like, what? what? And it's like, yeah, because everyone's doing. <laughs> I was like, because everyone's doing work. Everyone wants to do. Everyone wants to build, and everyone wants yep. to do work around the house. So it's like you can't get a wood plank anymore. No, you have to cut yours. You have to cut yours down. You cut a tree down yourself and create a plank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no. It's no. It's actually crazy. It's actually crazy. All right. Well, with that being said, Trias, let's turn it over. Let's keep this. Keep it going with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. So I have the weekly highs this week. Yay! Hooray! Good hooray. vibes. <laughs> uh, I have two personal weekly highs. The first of which is I went camping with some friends from college, several of whom I have not seen in over a year and a half. So it was fantastic. I remember a couple weeks ago, you had a weekly high for seeing friends. So I can now relate to that. Um, It was great to see everybody. It was nothing but immaculate vibes, literally cooking hot dogs. I ate more hot dogs this weekend than any person should ever. It was well, disgusting the amount of glizzies I consumed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, question for you, Max: Was it was it camping, camping, or was it like glamping? Was it no, like... no, no, no? It was camping, camping. We were on. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, so the campsite that we were at had a little like built up lean tos that were just kind of like oh, like, it was little, like wood on the ground, ad- and then like yeah, little Adirondack type stuff. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't know if you we were still on the ground pretty much. We were intense. We were outside. Like that's okay. not really. There's no electricity. That's not really glamping to me. No, no, no. Um, it's got to be like, like yeah. I think you need electricity. Maybe I think glamping. You might need like Wi-Fi and so, like. I feel like it's a yeah. little. You're just almost outdoors, but you're like more lodge type living than. No, we know, were we were camping, camping. My yeah. yeah, my phone died at six p.m. last night, and then just that was it. Whoa, like, whoa. nobody had service. We. <laughs> that's pretty good though. What? So two days, you got a full. Yeah, phone phone usage. That's pretty. I good. mean, I was I was obviously like not really using it because you know, Shreyas, the whole point of going outside is to <laughs> unplug, bro. Okay, we're just trying to be here, get our feet in the dirt, reconnect, yeah. reconnect with nature. Yeah. yeah. No, what did, did you like fish and stuff? Like, what was there to do? Uh, we went to there was a little pond, so we went to the beach and we played volleyball. Which this was the first time that I played volleyball, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, did you did you get to spike? Did you get to spike some faces? Um, accidentally, apparently you can't spike off of a serve and I accidentally hit uh, one of my friend's girlfriends. <laughs> I got so excited. Like it came up. I was like, Oh, I can get this one. And I went up and I went, boom. And it literally hit her like right in the chest. And everybody's like, stop. No. You can't spike off of a serve. And you were like, you were like, I'm just, I'm just trying to do my job. Like what am yeah. I supposed to do? <laughs> I know. I, I'm literally like a dog. I'm like, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> you, you did the Giannis pose afterwards. You realized you, <laughs> you had the hand, you had the hands, you had the muscles flexed it. And you were like, Oh, <gasps> Oh, is that bad? <laughs> oh, oh, my fault, my fault, my fault. <laughs> my fault, my uh, fault. Yeah, speaking of Giannis, we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, my other personal high is that tomorrow, we're recording this on Sunday. So tomorrow, yeah. the 26th, I am recording my voiceover demo so that yes. I can make my career attempt at being a voice actor for Let's commercials, go. video games, audiobooks, you name it. That is what I would like to do. So if you know anybody who is hiring let me know. <laughs> no, but I'm really excited. Um, having a demo is like your calling card, your portfolio slash resume thing. It's how I can start posting that online. That's yeah. how I can start auditioning to different things. Um, so I'm really excited. And Max, it's... if people if people don't know, you do all the voices for for each episode and each intro in terms of, you know, the weekly highs, the weekly lows, and those are, you know, pristine. 
So. Oh, oh yes. Oh, of course. Well, actually, what people really don't know is that it's just Shreyas doesn't actually exist. If you go on our Instagram, <laughs> his face is yet to be posted on there. So I'm actually just having a conversation with myself. Um, I should probably get help. There's nobody in here but me. Well, I haven't. Well, I haven't. I haven't actually, you know, mentioned this, but I'm actually one of the members of Daft Punk, and <laughs> it's 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 been 25 years, but no one's known. I knew you were French. I knew you were secretly French. It, I mean, it line it it kind of lines up, right? Like 25 years, like you know, I'm around that age. Like it kind of lines up. Like, yeah. yeah, and I mean, you've been on. I mean, what was it like touring? You know, what was that? Um, you know, I learned a lot of French. And, um, you know, you know, the ability to infuse funk and Mm. electro and Mm. house music. And Mm. I learned a lot. And, you know, those those helmets, they can get really sweaty. And Mm. I wish we had the helmets that like the the words flashed across this like the side. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like kind of like a (laughs) kind of like an LED sign. But, mm-hmm. you know, just couldn't talk. I just had to use gestures, you know. Mm-hmm. I taught Marshmallow everything he knew, so. Yeah, true. And Marshmallow's <laughs> pretty big now, so I'm glad he took a couple pages out of your book. Yeah. Very inspirational. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, I am I'm excited. So, over to the sports world. Uh, my weekly high this week is that I know, I know I said that, you know, I was on the Suns, you know, pseudo bandwagon. I was too. I got to give it. Too. Yeah, I, you know, it's just cool to see a franchise win their first championship. Like when Toronto won in 2019, I mean, that was, I was so excited. Not only did they take down the Golden State Warriors, who had a dynasty at that time, they, it was the first time they had ever won an NBA championship. So that, that was huge. Huge. This time, though, Milwaukee, first time since 1971 with Kareem Abdul Jabbar, mm-hmm. Giannis, Chris Middleton, PJ Tucker, Drew Holiday. Brooke Lopez, a.k.a. Splash Mountain, and Bobby Portis, my guy Bobby Portis, took the Bucks to a huge win. Shreyas, what are your thoughts on that? Man, it, it felt good. I took this. I took the, the Chris Middleton and Giannis kind of, you know, building it together to heart, and you could tell those guys, you know, they've put a lot of hours in. And they, they, they were really emotional, like, about kind of their journey together and how mm. they built it together, and I remember, I think – um they were asked like you know you guys you know it's been eight years how you guys feel about you know you know doing this together staying and you know staying with the teams that believed in you and they were like hey man we did it like they they like they actually made a connection during the the championship post game and they're like you know we did it and they like it was it was such a good moment to see them Mm. win and Giannis, you you know you can't not root for that 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 guy that Mm -hmm. attitude you know the things he said before he won and the things he said after and like how it just like how he feels about doing it the right way, man. He, like, yeah. It was just huge. Oh, he was, he was locked. He was locked in. I mean, if you watched him after game one, game two, game three, all the way through game six, after every single game, he's like, all we got to do is focus. He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried. He's like, we just need to focus. We need to play better basketball. And, and winning four game, in a row, the game yeah. six, the game six max is will go down. I know people, people would like to be, piece? The, yeah. there's, you know, there's something to be said about being prisoner of the moment and like, you know, is it really, but you could tell immediately after it happened, that will go down as one of the, one of the greatest playoff games by an individual in NBA history. It just in a game six in that spot to win the NBA finals, you put up 50 and I think he had a 50 point double, double and five blocks. 
Yeah. Like. Oh, he was not. He, oh, he was not messing around at unbelievable. all. Yeah. Yeah. He. Oh, I mean. I mean. He, uh, yeah. In earlier in the season, I mean, the, pretty much the whole playoff series. I mean, it's no no wonder that he won Finals MVP. Right. I mean, really, when 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 the first two games you had what? It was like forty and ten. That was insane. yeah. So he had so he's he and Shaq are the only two people to have three forty ten games in a finals. That's pretty insane. Like Shaq, you know how dominant he was, and I think in two thousand that was one of the one of his greatest finals runs was in two thousand against the Pacers. But yeah. to do what to do to put up that type of number in the kind of this modern setting where we don't you know they don't really care about the paint as much and he's and Giannis is playing that way Giannis is playing like a true stretch big man but he's playing f- f- you know 10 feet and below and he's killing it yeah and like i don't know i don't know how many times we'll see that again if it's not him just that type of play to be that dominant oh yeah well the fact you know what you know what i think really helped Giannis's game and a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, he kind of developed a three-pointer. That wasn't really ever his bread and butter. Sometimes, mm-hmm. yes, he'll hit them. That's great. And that that's huge for your team to be able to expand the arc, expand, right. you know, bring bring the defender out to you. It's his post-turnaround fader that I was really, really impressed with. Yeah. Because that's a kind of shot where he'll be in the post. He's going to work. You expect him to sort of turn, spin, and drive, you know, face up, crossover face up Euro step, something like that. But when he's getting like body in the post and he just fades away and that shot goes whoop, splashes right down. And when he's doing that consistently, good for you. Seriously. Yeah. And I thought, I thought one thing that one part of his game that I really shined in this, in this playoff run was his ability to, to kind of do that little, you know, mini jump hook push shot. Cause <clears> he has the height. Right. And his ability to kind of stretch that, you know, that push shot towards the free throw line and be accurate. Like it only like it, he doesn't have to worry about like that five, like he doesn't have to be five feet from the basket to, to make plays. He also doesn't have to be 30 feet from the basket to make plays. Like he's Uh like, I like that he's able to put the ball in the basket in multiple different ways. Like you said, like the turnaround, fade away from the from the baseline but also just like use your height use your length and just kind of push the ball up there it's all it all makes the same like that's what that's a shack shot that's a yeah that's <laughs> and it works like no one can stop that if your hand is that high up uh-huh. all you got to do is just gonna flick it in from 10 feet and it goes in like no one's gonna stop that and no mm-hmm. one could like 50 points like you saw right there that the stats don't lie so yeah yeah, a lot of the guys that I uh, play basketball with on a regular basis, they called Bucks and Six. I was convinced Suns and Seven. So props to you, gentlemen. You nailed the nail on the head. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. And how about seventeen free they... throws too? Oh yeah, hitting your shots. I mean, well, what they said was, is who's going to guard Giannis? And I, you know, I, I tried to come up with the argument. I was like, oh well. DeAndre Ayton, and then you know, occasionally you can get Jay Crowder because he's strong enough to you know hang with Giannis. But realistically, man, when he's dropping 40, 40, uh, it was like game three. He was quiet. He had like 18. Yeah. And then another 40, 30, 50. Mm. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Nobody is guarding that. The other thing, too, though, I do want to examine. I want to examine the Phoenix Suns for a minute. Mm. In a lot of ways, the Suns kind of beat themselves. Really? Yeah. Going up 2-0, right? Like, like going, going up 2-0 as the Suns, you are in a good spot. 
Now you have some wiggle room. You hustled. You were able to get the wins. You know, was every call in your favor? No. Was every call in the Bucks' favor? No. It, you know, you shot well. You played hard. Chris Paul dropping 32 in the first game. But then all of a sudden you start to like fall apart. When you see the Bucks start to like fight back, it seemed like in the later games, the Suns were more afraid. They were more afraid to foul. They were a little bit more afraid to get physical. They were yeah. also afraid of turnovers, which I think all of these things combined resulted in the turnovers and resulted in their like timid play and inability to like score in the paint. 100%. And I think they got tight in the, when the moment mattered the most. Oh my God. Yes. And the shots yes. weren't falling. Like Chris Paul's shot was not falling. Oh. And when you're tight and you're like, oh, we can't score. Like, what the heck are we supposed to do? Your mind is so, you know, focused on the fact that you're not hitting your shots that you're not remembering that you got to play the every phase of the game. And that's hustling defense, and that's playing yeah. defense and, you yeah. know, keeping control of the ball. And none, like, at, in the key moments, it felt like they were keeping keeping up to par. And in those last five minutes of each game, you know, the Devin Booker turnover, the Chris Paul turnover, and then it just, that just blows your confidence. Right. And it, it, they just could never regain that confidence they got from the first two games. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's tough to, and they're, they have never really been in that spot too. So it's not like they have, like they're the only player in both teams to make the finals was Jay Crowder. And that was a year before, <laughs> yeah, which is insane. Yep. So you don't really have, and that was in a bubble year too. So it's not like he had the big, you know, fans finals experience. So it's like, they don't really have a guy, even though Chris Paul has been in the league for so long, they don't really have a guy that can calm people down and say, Hey, you know, you know, this is what you got to do in the spot. Just, you know, you know, follow my lead. Like even Chris Paul doesn't have that level of experience. So I think, well, yeah, like like you said, Max, they just got tight in the wrong spots and it kind of hurt them at the end. So, well, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that like Chris Paul has enough. Yes, you're right. He's not been to the finals. Chris Paul has had some like really tragic playoff runs. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, but he's been there a bunch of times. Again, he's played in the league forever. He's seen. He's a great basketball mind. So I'm gonna argue that he does have the experience, but his clutch gene is not there. His, his ability, like when the pressure got hot, like when he was really like, again, in the hot seat, in the limelight, like when it's time for you to step up and be and show everybody that you're you are a point God, which you are, dude, you're a phenomenal player. Yeah, you are so good at making the right play. Ninety eight percent of the time, the two percent was literally this finals when you're turning the ball over <laughs> more than the other team by mm. yourself. When you're turning the ball over by yourself more than the other team. I mean, that is unacceptable. When you just like fail to hit your shots or fail to just like get the ball to the people who need it, aka, right, campaign, aka, Cam Johnson, aka, even JMF Crowder sometimes, man. Yeah. Like these role players were doing their role. And when you needed scoring, my God, I, I love, really love campaign's hustle because in game five and six, when you needed him to like score buckets, this dude was out here with that like signature cut inside, turn the corner. Put your back on the defender and get that like inside hand, left hand layup. Yeah. Mm. He can do that consistently. But like when Chris Paul's taking a shot away from him at the wrong moment, it, ju it just fell apart, fell apart. It's it's uh, yeah, you, you didn't you didn't get enough from him making his team better at, at crunch time. He made him time. worse. In crunch he, time. He made him worse. 
in crunch time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. He had some games, like game five, he shot it really well, but they still lost, right? So it, it was almost like, okay, he can get to his spots and he can make he can make his shots, but is he doing it consistently? And also, is he making the team better in those key spots? And it, it didn't happen at the end of games. And I think that's it. It's like the Suns aren't bad. So it's not like, oh, we're ragging on Chris Paul because the Suns did horribly. No, the Suns were in every game, basically. Yes. Well, yeah. except except for like game three. But like they were in every game. But it's just that you, if there's something to criticize, it's your key players making mistakes and, you know, tightening up in the, in the wrong moment, in the moments that matter the most that could decide – whether or not you can finish the game, you can finish the series in five or six or lose in six or seven. And it just turned the other, it shifted the other way. Once that game three, it, like I, that was like a, that was a big win for Milwaukee. And that game four tight game and Milwaukee pulled it out. I was like, yeah, this is a, uh, well, that game four, game four was the Suns. They really had it, and then Chris Paul turned it over. And again, yeah. I again, I just want to say, I just want to say that, like you said, we're not doing this to rag on Chris Paul. But right. if we're being analytical with what went wrong, I'm going to put a little bit of that on Chris Paul. The other person I want to like, you know, put some of the shoulder some of the responsibility for the loss is Devin Booker. When you had two games where you shot like twenty percent, what the hell? I understand yeah. having a bad game, but like realistically. And I guess I really can't say anything because there's so many factors that go into these performances. There's yeah. so many things. And in the Bucks defense at times, I mean, when you have Drew Holiday, one of the best defensive guards in the league, up your butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes that's you're the, not going to shoot well. That's the big thing, too. It's like we, we talk about the Suns not making, you know, the most of their opportunities. But let's give credit to where credit is due. And the Milwaukee Bucks defense, where it's P.J. Tucker, he's not he's not doing much other than playing defense but the way he plays defense <laughs> the way the way he you know stops tempo and stuff is insane drew yep. holiday and like defensive mvp of those last four games like you know when you needed the most when you got the stop he's you know clamping on chris paul and and devin booker and it may not seem so because they get 40 40 points 30 points like you may be like oh like how did drew holiday do well like you know, Devin Booker scored 42, but like you can tell when the in key possessions, Drew Holiday is doing enough to to get his team hit an extra possession. And, oh yeah. And that's oh, yeah. just that's just so valuable. Especially when an extra possession is means a Giannis dunk or a Chris Middleton, you know, jump shot or something. So it's like the the fast break points, man, an easy huge. two. Fast break points, huge. And especially, too, when you have – and we've talked about this on the pod several times. When we're talking about energy as well, right, and a mm -hmm. little bit of intimidation factor, when Drew Holiday can get a steal, pass it up the court to Giannis, and this man absolutely throws it down, man, nothing's going to get you in the game like that. Nothing Full, is going to get you in the game yeah. like that. Especially at home. Oh, my God. That Milwaukee oh crowd God. was uh -huh. awesome. It was just yep. so, so fun to watch those shots of – outside Pfizer Forum, right? That's that's the Milwaukee Arena, Pfizer Forum. Yeah. Yeah. But, damn, Deer Country, dude. They were they came Deer out Country. they showed up. <laughs> they showed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I I yeah, no, and I, I agree that we got we have to give the credit where credit is due to the Bucks and to their defense. And and uh, PJ Tucker too. Yeah. PJ Tucker, he's there to disrupt 
DeAndre Ayton. He's there to disrupt Booker. He's there to disrupt Chris Paul. And he did that. Again, dude had a game where he scored zero points. That's fine. You still did your job. Yeah, he's they don't they didn't bring him on the court to score. Like I will say this, his shooting has gone worse and worse as the games go on. Like I wish he was able to to shoot the corner three at least. Like uh-huh. it would, it would, <laughs> yeah. it like it would be helpful. Like it would be kind of nice. You know, but listen, PJ, I want to sit you down for a second. <laughs> it would be nice if you would hit a corner three. It would be great. We would love it. You don't have to, but we're just saying it would be nice. No pressure. Okay? No pressure. We no. love what you do, but <laughs> it would be nice. Nice, like through their teeth. Yeah. Nice. PJ, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. You know, let's boil it down. The Bucks played well. The Suns awesome. played well. And some of these games were toss ups. And the Bucks just came out on top. I mean, yeah. really to win four in a row, too. And I just, I do just want to reiterate my, my original point. Again, when you watch the games, as a game like four and five and six, the Suns at so many times just looked afraid. They looked afraid of yeah. taking the wrong shot. They looked afraid of making the wrong pass. They looked afraid of turning over the ball. Right. They looked afraid of Giannis and Middleton on defense. I mean, that's also another part of the game, too, is when you can size somebody up and then they like actually start to like get scared and they'll bite in the wrong way. That's how you take advantage of them. Yeah. Right. If I cross, if I, if I do like a fake crossover, if I do a hesitation and you bite because you're actually afraid of my ability to get to the rim, man, now I've got you on the other side. Yeah. That means you're doing things in at multiple levels. If I were to yes. only shoot three pointers, right. Right. And you know, what's coming, you can anticipate, but if I can get you to a point where you can anticipate my next move, yep. you got, I got you on your heels. Yeah. I got you right where you want, like where I want you. So that's exactly yeah. what you want. And, and Chris Middleton, man. That's Chris Middleton. I can't say I can't say it enough. I love the guy. Like he's just the type of player you love to root for, along with the honest. Those are players that, that work for everything that they got and mm. they deserve, you know, ample credit for, for getting them this far. Yeah. And they do I, deserve party time. I want to ask you, Max. Um Yes. It is the Bucks. So the Bucks, we know they won amazing victory. Is Milwaukee winning good for the NBA good for small market teams across the league you know does this help kind of talent does do ta- does talent everywhere now look at what Milwaukee has done and say hmm you know I don't have to move to to go and get my championship I can you know I can trust the team and I can you know build it from the ground up where I am and you know get the same you know even better effect like Giannis was talking about he said the same thing I don't have to you know I didn't go and make a super team and you know I did it the right way and he, he was right like he did like it feels good when that happens do you think mm. other players will follow suit or do you think this is a one-off and we're going back to major movement everywhere oh no I, I 100% Trace I think that this is great for the NBA for a couple reasons, mm-hmm. a lot of which you just said. I think it's great that a small market team won on the biggest stage possible, right? Yeah. Milwaukee hasn't won since 1971, where they had the greatest player of that time. And Oscar Grant. Robertson. Don't forget about Oscar Robertson, too. Oh, we forget about O-Rob, too. They yeah. One in, what, three or two? Because O-Rob was the big o one of the greats. His, big yeah, o, that, yeah. was, that was his last, I think, that was his last year, and he won the chip. Yeah. But but like of that generation, he was one. Of, he was a top five player. For sure. Um, anyway, 
so yes, having a small market team, having two small market teams, because Phoenix is not a large, Phoenix is not like a destination, right. especially because they've been so bad for so long. That's having two small market teams in the finals, one of my favorite things that I heard just from talking to people, and we've sort of echoed this sentiment before as well, is that people just didn't care who went, who won. And mm. I, I think in the best way possible, you're like, I'm rooting for both these teams. They're like, I want to see Chris Paul win. I want to see Giannis win. I want to see the Suns win their first chip. I want to see the Bucks break that cold streak. People were okay in that. And, you know, obviously, if you live in Phoenix or Milwaukee, we know who you want to win. But the other teams around, like, again, we're talking to a bunch of Celtics fans, and they're like, yeah, dude, whoever wins, wins. That'll be great. That's awesome. And the, the next reason why I think it's a great, you know, opportunity is for, for what you said. Now players can see that with patience, with hard work and dedication, you can literally anything is possible. This is why I still have hope for Damian Lillard. I mean, unless he gets traded, which I really don't think is likely. Okay. He still has a shot to win in Portland. Really? He does. Yeah. You know, and, and seeing seeing this happen, I don't know. It just it sets a good example. You know, I don't think that this is a one-off either. I think next year, you because you have no idea. At the beginning of the year, people were like, yeah, the Bucks are good. Nobody thought the Suns were going to be this good, but you're like, yeah, the Bucks are no. good. They have a chance. But then they, they, they beat Brooklyn. Everybody was like, no, they're not going to beat Brooklyn. They beat Brooklyn. Yeah, and that's another reason why, you know, when I hear the, oh, you know, if Brooklyn was healthy, then... I don't know, like, you know, it's like a fake win for both sides. You know, Brooklyn no. was healthy and the Lakers were healthy. But like anything can uh, happen. Yeah, that's a part of the NBA. That's a part of sports. You, Injuries, you don't yeah. win. You don't win without getting some sort of break. Like, regardless of what team, right? Like, if the, if you don't have like, that's just a part of the game. Like, you have to take it how it comes it's like okay like if i'm the bucks like i'm not stooping down to the competition because they because brooklyn <laughs> because james harden is playing on one hamstring like no no no, i'm gonna beat right. him the same way because y'all were talking about i don't care if james harden is out i don't care if Kyrie irving is out the, the the nets might still win like that was still a conversation that was being had so why are we treating the bucks winning as a, a demotion of their of their accomplishment when you got if the Nets won, you would have been like, oh well, you know, it was the Nets, like Kevin Durant, like what are we talking about? Like it was an easy win for him, right? So we can't, we you can't have it both ways. So that's mm -hmm. why, first of all, I don't put the Bucks and the the Suns as like a fake win. That's that's first and foremost. The other thing though, Max, is you said about Damian Lillard, is it you know that you give him hope? It gives you hope that you know because Giannis was able to do it in eight years and you know grow with Middleton and they found the right team chemistry and they built the championship team that way that Damian Lillard can do the same thing what do you think about the younger players like the Zion right you, uh, heard, you heard Zion have the little uh, we talked about it on the podcast before and and uh, even like even like Jason yeah. even like Jason Tatum who you know has allegiances in different places you know he still talks to Kyrie and he still wants to be that that kind of you know flashy superstar type of, like do these younger guys do you think they feel the same way Giannis does or do they think you think they could grow to feel the same way Giannis does about his home hometown team you know it it's kind of like it's kind of like you meet a kid named Thadwick right and you and Thadwick are both <laughs> Aspiring? No, no, no. We'll we'll take another kid. It's not even you. It's it's another kid named Bobby, right? 
Fadwick and Bobby are both pursuing the same goal. They want to be they want to be lawyers, right? Okay. Now Fadwick is extremely smart just off the jump, right? Thadwick's yeah. dad is a lawyer. Thadwick is rich. Thadwick comes into the game with the expectation that he's going to be a great lawyer because he knows that he has this, this, and that. He feels confident. He doesn't do a lot of work, but, you know, he, he has that skin in the game already, so he feels good. Bobby, on the other hand, works his butt off every single day. Mm. Bobby studies law. Bobby makes connections. Bobby is literally on his grind. I'm going to value, and I think a lot of people just like seeing this, will value Bobby and his hard work ethic. When he makes it to the top, right, through hard work and determination, people are going to be like, wow, I want to be like Bobby. Bobby is an inspiration. Whereas you look at Thadwick and you're like, all right, cool. Like, if he makes it cool and if he doesn't make it, you're like, dude, you just squandered everything that you had. Yeah. (laughs) The point I'm trying to get at, translate this to basketball you see these guys who think that they're natural-born superstars. They think that they deserve a win just based off of their raw talent. And mm-hmm. then you see guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton. And then you see guys like, you know, just guys who work hard. And you see them come all the way up, make it to the top, win, and you're like, wow, those yeah. are the guys that I want to be like. And that, that should be the example for everybody in the league. For, for, for people that, you know, success – didn't come too easy and that's one thing about the celtics team that i was afraid of was did success come too early and often for this team that now when you're when your next goal is to get to that next level which is the finals like we've been to the conference finals like i'm not content with just with 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 reaching the like i'll say it this way with the final conference finals being the crutch just like oh we reached the conference finals like what yeah. more can you ask like i'm not yeah. content with that anymore we went to that point and when we didn't have expectations and i was ecstatic but yes. now we're, because we've moved yeah, on yes yeah yep so did it come too early with jason tatum and jalen brown that will they ever have it in them to to move push to that next level we've had different teams like we've we've swapped players in the past and it still hasn't, hasn't reached that time. That's the mm-hmm. only thing I'm afraid of. And with Giannis, I feel like no one really continued to expect that from him. And it just, he could, he never really, it, the success didn't come as easy for him. It was like, you, you got to a point where you're like, could Giannis ever do it? And then Giannis did it. And now you're like, Oh my gosh, like he broke through and it, it took him this long and now it just feels that much sweeter. And you now think like, Oh man, this is a guy, this is a force to reckon with in this level of competition for years to come. Well, here's the thing too, Shreyas on that is that Giannis, there was times and, and I just remember thinking, I'm like, yeah, well, Giannis can't do it by himself. Like, yeah. like that was a thought on a lot of people's minds. You're like Giannis can't do it by himself. You're like Chris Middleton needs to step up. Giannis, you know, can improve in certain ways, but then you're like, Oh, the people around him, Regardless, Giannis and Middleton, again, stuck with the Bucks. They both improved their games in multiple facets and aspects. Yeah. They stayed with the franchise. They worked hard. And then this year, with a couple of lucky breaks, but also just that, like, chip on their shoulder and the hard work underneath them, they were able to do it. Going over to Tatum and Brown, I, I have the same fear. Mike Gorman and Kendrick Perkins have the same fear. They're like, they these do. guys don't their characters just aren't that of leaders it's like they think that because they are so just naturally talented i mean they're straight they're the fadwicks realistically 
Yeah. They came into the league. They were high draft picks. They, they exceeded expectations the first year. You know, it's, it's like you have, your, you have your dad's money, so you have that just, you know, jump start. You, like, feel good. Then all of a sudden you think it's like just you deserve to win. And mm. then when you don't, you're like, oh, well, you know, whatever, whatever next year da, da, da. oh we gotta you know and then you say some like hollow bs you're like oh well we just gotta play hard yeah how long how long have the celtics been saying that seriously mm. they're like Especially, oh we just gotta play better and it's yeah. what it's never after <laughs> wins too obviously <laughs> no it's never after wins right in 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 you look at like the just take kobe right they're like kobe you're up 2-0 he's like is the job finished right they're like kobe why aren't you celebrating is the job finished right same thing for Giannis. Giannis is like hey i just want mvp now I want to win a chip. Yeah, it's not enough for him. He has a mentality that I don't think anything it's it's like I don't think anything is going to be enough. Like he's going to cherish the moment and you love that he's celebrating the moment, but inside he's gonna it's go not going to be it's not going to be enough for him to get one. Like you know it. Like like he wants to give the exterior that like yeah, he's excited and he should be. But I think he's get, right when this like whole championship thing dwindles, he's gonna be right back in the lab, and he's gonna he's gonna work on that game, and he's gonna go for two. And it's that's that mentality. Like I I love that mentality. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think I think he's gonna do that in the best way possible. I think right. he really is gonna legitimately enjoy this and be like, "Wow, I did it. We did it." Like he said that quote, he's like, I started playing basketball because I realized it could help my family. Yeah, it's like I never thought to get to this point, but once I was in it. I I was fully in it. Yeah. You know, and it's know, a bit it, that story is like phenomenal story. It's incredible. It's incredible. But then again, like you just I like I I again, I love Jason Tatum as a player. But like, man, who is he held responsible? And we don't know what their chemistry is like. We don't know what their locker rooms look like. But who is Jason Tatum held responsible in the team? Mm. Sometimes even himself like they year to year there's stuff there's parts of his game that are worse than last year. It just feels like, yeah, you're finding either the I mean, same holes are continuing. Like, the, the parts of his game that are already good are getting better, and you can see that. Yeah, for sure. But, but the parts that we were hoping would improve year on year aren't improving as quickly or as much as we thought, and that's holding not only him back, but the team back sometimes. And I'll, I will say that the team composition over the past couple of years has been horrible around him. Like, yeah. I, I have not liked it whatsoever. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. He's our only, he's right now, he's our only shot. Like if as a Celtics fan, you got to put all your like all your chips on the table for Jason Tatum and you got to hope that he finds a way to break through like Giannis did. And if he, his mentality isn't there like Giannis is or I like I just don't think it is. Or, you know, the pieces around him don't, you know, help him figure it out, whether that means management, whether that means veteran leadership, then you're going to lose him you're going to lose the talent and now you're starting from scratch. And it's like, we're getting to that point where uh, I don't know, like, do we, what is going to happen first? We're going to lose him or is he going to figure it out? I have no idea. I don't know if he has the dog mentality. I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, he gets better like skill wise, but again, I feel like his ego goes with it. The fact that he's not a skill that the the fact that he's not even like a mediocre playmaker at this point. Mm. And and, and people are going to, people listening are going to come at my throat for saying that. But realistically, analyze the games. Jason Tatum sometimes will make a correct pass leading to an assist, but his assists mm. are not impactful on the game. He's not making the assist to win the game. He's not making the assist to open whoever in the corner. You know, he's taking his shot first. And, he, yeah. and 
I, you know, like he has the ball so many times. We're still at the point of running ISO. ISO when dominant. will he learn that that is not how basketball works? <laughs> it's <ISO>. not. <laughs> like it's I can not. only laugh. I can only laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, because Trace, you understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Whether you play high school or NBA level basketball, nobody, and I mean nobody, likes somebody who just ISOs. You got yeah. You got five. You have four other players on your team on the on the court and if you're playing iso it just if that's the first option it's just never gonna it's like and i i feel like i'm stating the obvious and i feel like people should know if one person out of the whole team is doing all the work the team doesn't run as efficiently or doesn't run as well and well a a teammate will disconnect right you know a great way to help your team like you know, maintain its composure throughout a game is on, you know, as for each possession, try to have as many players touch the ball as possible. Like obviously as necessary, right? Like if you can just get an easy pass or play or shot, totally do that. But if you're stuck in a half court set, move the ball around. If I'm just that three and D guy, like if my job is just to defend and shoot an occasional three, having the ball just touch my hands for a swing pass makes me feel like I'm part of the team. Now I'm energized. Now I'm going to get back on defense. You know, just little things like that. And, and moving without the ball is huge. Yeah. I think yep. that's one thing is like being ball dominant, I'll, just the spacing goes away because everyone else wants to stay in that spot. No one's really moving without the ball because you, you're holding the ball for 20 seconds out of the clock, right? And it's just like, okay, well, if this guy's just going to try to do everything, I don't want, I'm not going to make a move and waste energy. Might as like, but if, your best player is moving without the ball, like a Steph Curry, right? He's so oh, good at moving. He's so good. He's so good. He, you see him with the ball a lot, but if you look at his half court possessions, he'll pass it off to like a Draymond and run around three or four or five screens before trying yep. to hit it. Like it's insane how many screens are set for the guy. And it's an easy three. And he still gets his three points, but he's not doing it holding the ball, like, you know, for. 24 like to all 24 seconds like it's not that yeah and yeah. that's what jason tatum's got to learn is moving without the ball too and, and even too even too yeah I mean, it's funny that you bring up draymond because you watch the warriors play and a lot of times they'll run sometimes it won't be a true iso it'll be a two-man set it'll be steph brings the ball up gets the ball to draymond steph runs to a different spot right. goes back to steph back to draymond back steph to draymond. runs again back to steph yeah or Draymond makes an assist from there. Make the, it, it takes the defense, like, it puts them on their toes because the ball is moving so many times. It's moving, yeah. And people are moving around, and it's not it's, it causes a little bit of chaos, and that's what you want for on the offensive yep. end. You want to cause defensive chaos. Yep. And if everyone is stagnant, the defense has time to set, you have time to put pressure, you, can, you could even double because you know this guy wants to hold the ball, causes an errant pass, turnover, fast break. Like, that's just it's too easy. Like I can go through all of the, the worst case scenarios with that type of play. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So, wow. What we talked about that for a while. So, Shreyas, uh, why don't you bring us in? Why don't you bring us into the weekly lows? <laughs> the lows. Yeah. So, this happened last Sunday. So a week from week from today and I was able to go to the Sox Yankees game with a bunch of friends and it was in New York, in New it was, York. It was yeah. yep. It was at Yankee stadium. It ended up being the game 
that they lost nine to one. So that is my Oof. weekly low and sports <laughs> low put together. Uh, it, it was like a little nice combination low for y'all this week, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was yeah. So you know had to had to to had to hear the the Yankee faithful, you know, rise for three New York home runs. And it wasn't fun. And I'm like, you know, slumped over in my seat. Like, oh, like I got to hear. How down bad were you? Uh, I was, I was pretty down bad. I was like, I don't want to stand up for anything. Like, like I'm hoping, like, can we just get, like, it got to a point where we were like, you know, we were a couple of us were Red Sox fans, a couple of us were Yankee fans in my group. And the, uh, you know, our Red Sox fans were like, we're just hoping for one run. Or just like it got to that, it got that to it got that to like I was like, all right, it's the eighth inning. Can we just like, <laughs> can we score one so that my dignity can you know I can just scrape together some dignity, like I can put together the the wood chips of my dignity, and you know, you know maybe As you shuffle your feet out yeah. of the park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, well, at least we scored one. Like I didn't even say that, and I was like thankful that we scored one run. But man, uh, dang. <laughs> I'm still. I was still kind of pissed. I don't think I've ever. I've been to a couple Red Sox games, and in both games, they had won. And I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like I didn't. Re- like it's funny because like whenever you're going to a game, losing is never on your mind. You're like, "Oh my god, this is a game that I went to. They have to win, right?" Like it's like you uh, never. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like I'm here, but I was like, man. Now I. I was thinking like, man, was I like the bad the bad luck charm? Like what happened? Like. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't you. But <laughs> it was, but there it was somebody else who was at that. Some Yankees fan was at that game that influenced their win. So it wasn't you. It was somebody else. And now I'm like, oh, I'll never go. I'll never come to a Red Sox game. No, I wasn't. I wasn't saying that. But but other than that, um, really good experience. Just I love the new Yankee Stadium is pretty cool. Just to mm. be, you know, we got we got some seats up at the top, and I was able. To, we were able to see like kind of like the the skyline and the the you know the the clouds change and the, the, you know, go to nighttime, the lights come out, the Yankee stadium sign and the subway going by uh, behind the, behind the center field wall. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, to be there, you know, could have done without the, the heckling after the loss. And it felt like Yankees fans really wanted to show Red Sox fans, even though they're, uh, not, not doing so well in the season series against us. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh especially after after today's you know epic loss by the Yankees against the Red Sox but but you know other than that like you know being in a being at a baseball game in New York like pretty cool pretty cool heck yeah dude so that's a lot yeah it's a, it's a combination high and low and double low combination yep combination sports double sports personal double low and personal high like I don't know pretty good for pretty good for a Sunday that is pretty, yeah that's really good yeah sorry that they lost um yeah. I, I guess the Sox are doing well this year mm, yeah pretty good pretty good you know first what, pl- the first seed first place in the al yeah first place in the al east by i think right now it should be two games but you know if the rays were you know up a game no game and a half i think right now but Speaking yeah, of which, really, actually, really I my friends just got tickets to go to that Sox Rays game, so I will be at Fenway on the tenth of August, I think. Ooh, okay, and you know we'll talk about this in a on a future podcast, but the the MLB deadline, the trade deadline is coming up, so 
I'm my fingers are so crossed, like <laughs> crossed to a point where they're going to start hurting because <laughs> they desperately need starting pitching and a first baseman. And if they could, a center fielder, you know, backups of some sort. They desperately need some some help, especially on the pitching in the first baseman front, because you, you can't look at a team that, you know, has like exceeded expectations and not do anything to it to help support the players that have gotten to the point. Right, so, right. So hopefully when you go to that race game, they have done tremendously to support their <laughs> team. Like, above, like exceeded all. Like, it won't, like, in my mind, it won't happen. And they'll Oh my God, Mookie's back. <laughs> yeah <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> oh my god they got mike trout amazing like no, mike it's trout. not gonna happen <laughs> shohei oh otani is a Brady's red playing baseball. Brady. <laughs> oh my god michael jordan's back <laughs> actually you can you can keep that one um oh. but <laughs> but so uh, then i took that personally that this I guy named Shreyas on the internet said that I couldn't play baseball at 47. <laughs> so I took that personally. Come on, Michael. You can play baseball at 26. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully when you get to that point, the Rays, um, you know, raise the Red Sox game that you, they have some, they have some good players out there and uh, fill some holes, but you know, for a future podcast. For a future podcast. All right, so before we head out, we have uh, three more agenda items for you real quick. So whether you are driving, whether you are sitting at home, whether you are on your AirPod Pros, <laughs> stay tuned. So the first thing, two things are a little bits of news and for your information if you haven't caught them. And the last one is Shreyas' Fact of the Week. So mm-hmm. first bit of business right now. Oh, je suis, oui, oui. The French have done it again. Team USA has fallen victim to the hammer of france and the hammer of france is named evan fournier evan fournier single-handedly beat team usa with four minutes left in the game wow so unreal you don't understand my french um team usa lost to france by seven points when they had a seven point lead with three minutes and 41 seconds to go in the fourth quarter oof yikes it's and it's like it's like you know this team hasn't really played together, but I feel like we're we've gotten to a point with Team USA over the years, and we've talked about this on the last podcast. It's like it's not gonna you're not ever gonna have that. Okay, you just have all these players, boom, like gold medal. It's gotten to that <laughs> point now, yeah, right? Like right. like all these there's all these new guys coming in, and you know. You had people come off the plane, off the you know the NBA Finals, and there's just no team continuity. And a team like France, who more or less has had the same you know core players, like you've seen Batum play a lot in these you know World Championship and Olympic Games, and you know Gobert's yeah. been there. Gobert's been there a couple, like a couple of those, and overpaid in the NBA, but still a rock solid player. Evan Fournier has been there for a bunch of those games, right? Like, so you know a lot of these players from international play as well, not just being in the NBA. Right. And those teams are so, you know, they have so much chemistry together that you they, they can't go, they can't be underlooked. Yeah. They can't be overlooked, sorry. So 
when I heard something today, when I heard the post game of Damian Lillard say, you know, you know, these international players, we, you know, we haven't seen them play like this before was, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> a little tight. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of like, you can't say that dude, because when you see them in the NBA, like if you see Evan Forney in the NBA, he's been playing on bad teams for a long time, right? Like eight years he's played in the magic and the magic have not been good. They made the playoff like what once or twice. Yeah. 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 But he's, he's a good player. He's never not been a good player. You just notice, you just don't notice him because he's playing on a bad team. Once you get him onto a team like in, for international where he has, you know, national pride and he's got yep. players that he's played with before the, the, there's no real like language barrier. Right. He's just like, there's more team continuity. You can't, you can't overlook that. And with Damian Lillard, Team USA isn't Team USA anymore, dude. Like, I, you're a great player. You're all great <laughs> players. But you don't have prime LeBron. You don't have prime D-Wade. You don't have prime Kobe. You don't have prime Melo. Like, you can't just walk in and expect to win anymore. Yep. So I, I just don't like hearing that these international players don't play. You haven't seen them play like this before. Because you haven't been on a team that's like that's faced like faced them before like this uh-huh well i mean the circumstances too, are different right you don't have time to really practice or build up your chemistry i mean you can't say you also have people like Giannis. Mm. You, you know and that's and 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 that's i guess kind of a broad statement but like really like fournier is a fine player like yeah he has some of his weaknesses exposed in the nba mm. but you can see from watching the olympic games that feeble rules are very different from nba rules shreyas mentioned earlier off pod that the refs don't fall for flops mm -hmm. they don't call that a foul like if they see you like fall down after there's no contact whether it was from like a hit or from you know like a shot they, they just won't call it and then all of a sudden you're on the ground splayed out like a flounder and you're like oh <laughs> oh crap i gotta get back and all of a sudden they scored a bucket you're like okay yeah these nba players are not used to international refs and it's it's kind of funny to watch because y you could tell they're getting really frustrated and at some of these you can't you can't get away with the bump on a on a shot like if it's like a slight bump like no 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 if that shot is ass that it's gonna stay ass like you can't get the foul i'm sorry so right, right. so it's funny when the hands go up, especially like, you know, the Tatums who love who, who chronic hands up in the air. So, oh my God. So like that doesn't just, it doesn't work. It doesn't fly. And it, it hopefully, you know, they learn to play through it and they don't just, you know, crumble under the, Oh, you know, the rest job does or the, we didn't get, you know, we didn't get the calls we wanted type of mentality, but it's not a good start. Definitely for that for that USA team, USA team. So, well, it's also just funny because we, you know, we mentioned before how like they had a wake up call when they mm -hmm. lost to Nigeria and they had a wake up call when they lost to Australia. Right. And then, okay. They beat Argentina. Cool. But then here they are in the prelims where it actually counts and you need your score to be high. Like yeah. you need your point differential to be in your favor. And they're just like, and the fact that they had a lead, they had an eleven point third quarter though. That's not good. <laughs> That's like, come on. You can't expect that in the NBA. How's that going to work in international play? Yeah, but it also too just kind of speaks. I mean, on that point of the refs, 
Think about if if FIBA rules are a little bit like stricter and you're not calling flops. Think about how ridiculous some of the calls actually are in the NBA. I mean, like mm-hmm. realistically, really, and especially yeah. when you go to the superstar, right? There's a reason that these players are trying to like get these fouls because they can get them in the NBA with with whether it's a superstar call or just an abundance of like regular fouls and ref whistles, right? Like, it's a, and that's what we've complained about before. Come on, stop doing that. Yeah the games the games are easy definitely easier to watch when there's less calls like sometimes like obviously we get to a point where we're like oh they missed that call because in the nba they missed the call because that's just how we're conditioned but it's fun when you know you let the players kind of duke it out on the court and you know mm-hmm. see how they see how they function that way and mm-hmm. it's refreshing when not everything doesn't go to a replay and so i like these <laughs> i like these olympic games i like these i like how the refs are you know not calling as much as they would if you know scott foster was on the court no freaking tony brothers (laughs) the dynamic duo of scott foster and tony brothers oh brother this guy stinks oh Oh, brother this guy stinks (laughs) how many squirrels does it take to change a light bulb a bunch because they're so darn stupid Go watch SpongeBob, people. Come on. All Let's right. So before we go, the second article of business is for your information. The NFL has issued a vaccine mandate. So now, if uh, you know, Shreyas, you know the rule better than me. Break it down. Yeah. So it's a forfeit rule. So if a team causes an outbreak of COVID, that potentially could you know change how you know when the game is played it used to be that the nfl would work with you know the schedule you know flex it around and try to postpone the game to a monday or a tuesday you know have they they would have like a double monday game or a tuesday game or you know it's even gone into wednesday sometimes and that's how they did it for the last year but the nfl has kind of you know put the foot down laid down the law and said hey if there are unvaccinated players on your team and an outbreak is caused that could affect the, how the game is played when the game is played it you forfeit you forfeit the, the game the game the other team gets the win and you will now as a team be responsible for the revenue that's lost because of the game so that's in ads and all that sort of all that sort of fun stuff so it's it's a very you know you know, put your hand on the table, slap it down real hard type of rule. But I think it's the only way for these teams to to get through the season without it being like, oh my gosh, when are we going to play these games? Like, and yeah. from the NFL side, right? Like how many times are they going to keep postponing games and try, trying to find times to do it? Like you have to keep a game a week type of schedule, right? It's not like the NBA where, you know, you have any day can be a game day and you can, if, you know, if someone, you know, can't play a game, you can, you know, you might have a two or three day break, put a game in there. Kind of, it's not nothing like that. You got to prepare for each week. And so it's got to be a game a week schedule for each team and you got to have to buy a week. Yep. Yep. This it's, 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 it makes sense from an NFL standpoint that they got to, you know, they teams got to keep their shit together. Like, simple as that and so if players aren't gonna 
you know, or players or staff are, are like, you know, you know, I'm going to do what's best for me. And then fine. Then either take, you know, give your team the L if it, if it comes down to it or say that you don't want to play, like, it's up to you. Like you, I don't know what the, the financial consequences are if you, you know, don't want to play the season because of this. Well, if you're under contract, yeah, actually that's a good question. I mean, if you're under contract, I feel like in some ways you have to get paid. Yeah, so contracts are a little bit different sometimes. Well, what they did was for last year, if you opted out of the season, I know there was already an opt out um, date that happened for the season. I think it was like July 2nd or something, because they were talking about when Aaron Rodgers is he or is he not going to opt out of the season? I don't know, you know, if this new rule means that people opt out or not, or if they can even. But we've already seen, you know, Vikings assistant coach get fired because he's not going to get vaccinated. He doesn't want to. So, no, I understand from the NFL side that it's just it's going to be a mess if they play the way they played last year, which was although we got to the end of the season was kind of a mess. Like there were times where you didn't know a game was going to be played. You didn't know who was who was going to be out there. Like we had it, there was a game where it's a prime time chiefs Patriots game and Brian freaking Hoyer started the game because we didn't know if Cam Newton was going to make the, the like, you know, the game time. So like, you can't play like that. You're going to have all these marquee games. You're going to have people missed games and it's going to lose just that, that moment for the NFL. So the NFL took a stand from a health standpoint and from, you know financial standpoint and they kind of got to deal with it i get it it makes sense to me well yeah i the vikings have already lost an assistant coach and deandre hopkins is saying yeah i may not want to play so like shreya said i mean it really comes down to like a personal decision for you you know if you have your reasoning for why or why not you want to get the vaccine you need to justify that with yourself um you know, it is in contention with your job and the safety and success of the league. So I, you know, but that, that is ultimately something that you have to decide for yourself. Like that's, if, if he doesn't want to get it for whatever his reasons are, that's fine. But he has to realize that he has to forfeit his eligibility to play. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's plain and simple. Yeah. 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 And that's just, that's just how it be. All right, Trey, take us home. It's time for Shreyas's Fact of the Week. Yeah, so my fact of the week, and I thought this was a, a cool a tidbit, was that the first payday of each month at the Jack Daniels Corporation, so Jack Daniels being... Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Whiskey, classic. Each employee gets a free bottle at each first payday of the month, so each first Friday of the month. And I guess mm-hmm. they had talked to some one of the master distillers at the Jack Daniels distillery. And he was saying that like, yeah, there's a minimum number of hours that per month that, you know, people need to qualify for, for that for that reward and no one misses that day. So that first <laughs> so that first Friday, it doesn't matter what the heck is happening. No one's taking that first Friday off because they love yep. getting it. So I thought that was a little that was hilarious that um that it's like a great reward for getting people to come to work on a Friday is giving them a free bottle of whiskey. And that's that's uh 
I it's listen. Cool. If I was working there, I would abs- absolutely. I'm in. I'm there. I'm there every day. Oh, could you get a free bottle of whiskey? Oh my goodness. Oh, oh, okay, you know, listen. I'm the, as somebody who partakes in whiskey on occasion mm-hmm. in a safe, moderate, recreational way. <laughs> right. uh, I'm over the age of 21. Okay, it's a leisurely activity on occasion. Yeah. I get to see Jack Daniels is all right. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Middle of the road whiskey. It's not bad at all. Are it's you are, are you waking up in the morning feeling like PD and you know brushing your teeth with a bottle of Jack? Yeah, actually, that'd be a good mouth cleanser. But if I'm gonna drink it, no, you know, <laughs> Jack like, Daniels is toothpaste here. <laughs> so you're not you're not Kesha, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, as much as I would love to be Kesha, because man, she is fabulous. Uh, no, I'm no. not. <laughs> maybe someday maybe someday i'll have the superstar status of Kesha. Well, you know that's got to be hard though everybody's always watching you you know yeah <laughs> well once once you're that's once you're doing all the voiceover stuff like you'll you could blow up dude like, yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy you know who is awesome um if anybody out here likes star wars i recently just got disney plus i canceled a while ago because they brought the price up by two dollars and it went from six to eight and i was like i can't afford this so i canceled it <laughs> I re-subscribed mm-hmm. because I've really wanted to watch the new animated Star Wars series, The Bad Batch. And the voice actor for the clones, D. Bradley Baker, who is also in everything. Like, look this guy up. He's in probably, you've watched a cartoon with D. Bradley Baker in it. That yeah, man have I. Huh. is a rock star. He's in He's in Fairly Odd Parents. He does Appa. He does he Appa. Harry the Platypus. He does Commander Rex, Commander Cody, Tasmanian Devil. Harry the Platypus? Yep, Pabu, Stinkfly, Cinnamon Bun from uh, Adventure Time, Perch Perkins from SpongeBob, Codename no. Number Four. Yeah. Oh, so wait, Perch Perkins. Uh, every I'm, villain. Yeah. It, oh, 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 no, he's he's the reporter guy, right? He's Perch Perkins. Page. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's the reporter guy. Yeah, yeah. He did Number Four from the Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, classic. Sandman. Oh my gosh, man, this guy's everywhere. This man, this guy is everywhere. Did Cannonball in Ben Ten, Boss from Star Wars. I mean. I'm just looking through here. He really, and he does all. He does all the clones. He just this man basically is like a is is a hero. This man is a is a voice acting rock star. He's a legend. Super cool. Hell yeah. So one day I would like to be like him. Honestly, he did Squilliam. Yeah, he did Squilliam. He did Squilliam. Fancy son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for? It's big and malleable. <laughs> he's got some yeah he i mean he's he was in danny phantom he was in uh i think like in dexter's laboratory but no but but fairly odd parents too oh he's uh he's also klaus he's the fish from uh american dad uh, from american dad to klaus is a, oh klaus is hilarious <laughs> yeah he's a bunch of oh he's he's kevin from spongebob too hi kevin, kevin. <laughs> <laughs> will you stop hi, that kevin <laughs> what hi kevin can i help you hi kevin Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) go watch spongebob people no he's he's in the regular show too it just pops what the heck regular show classic oh my gosh oh man this guy's oh man yeah this is a goat dude this is a great guy to model he's he's everywhere yeah and that's also that's the thing about voice actors that like you might you like recognize the voice but you may not know who it is no because they well yeah because they do they're so conformed to that character that you think okay this guy is separate from every single 
other character, even if it's the same network or something. Like, you never think this guy does multiple characters. Yep. Unless it's, like, Seth MacFarlane, who does, like, a bunch... Like, you know about him doing every character on Family Guy. But, like, I never think one guy did so many different shows at different times, and they were all iconic characters. And that's... This is, like, damn, this is mm-hmm. one of those guys. Mm-hmm. That's him. All right, Crazy. anyway. So that is... That is that. We got a longer episode today, but I thought it was full of good content. Chock full of stuff. Chock, chock full of nuts. All right. <laughs> Well, thank you for being here. If you've made it to the end, you are a real trooper. You've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Don't forget to follow our socials. Okay. Peace.